This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagestilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. If as the Bible declares, God is no respecter of persons, why do the prayers and petitions of some get answered and some not? You avoid sin, read your Bible, regularly go to church, pray and think you know what faith is all about, yet everyone's prayers for breakthrough, except yours, seem to get answered. If you want to truly understand the system God has set up so your prayers get answered too, you need to hear all eight days of Pastor Ray's life-changing message in this third program of his series on faith entitled, This is What Can Make Your Faith Work. Declaring that faith without action is dead, Pastor lays out the groundwork for putting action to your faith in examples from the life of Abraham and his use of the faith system God had set up that earned him the title, the father of our faith. Here's today's unique lesson on what will make your faith work too. So I want to open up to the book of Hebrews, should be there, chapter 11. Last week, if you were here, we were in the book of James and we were talking about faith. We were talking about the topic or the idea, the thought that faith needs action. Without action, faith cannot be and will not be completed, although faith can produce in our lives, and God created this system so that faith would produce in our lives, that any time that you approach God in faith uh, for your needs, wants, desires, whatever it be, and uh, you're standing in faith, God will answer. God will come back with an answer, and that is always yes, because God honors faith and he honors his word. So whenever you stand on the word of God and believe the word of God and put your faith with it, you can rest assured that God will come back with the answer yes. And that those, those faith uh, things that you're believing God for will uh, become a reality and come into life. I look over my life, everything I am, everything that you see, you look at this building, the property, the other building, my personal life, I'm a blessed man. Uh, God has blessed me immensely over the years. Everything I am and everything I have has come by one way. It's by living the life of faith, trusting God and his word. And not only trusting, but acting in concert with the word of God, putting action behind my faith. And that's what's brought me to this place. So over the years, you know, um, I've learned many lessons about faith. And so we understand that faith has unbelievable producing potential in our life. Faith has the the potential to produce awesome results in our life. But we've got to use that faith and be sure that we are in faith and um, just trust God uh, through those times when maybe we're doubting or uh, having going through times of unbelief. Faith will always work in our lives. So I want to start in Hebrews chapter 11 today. And let's just get to a familiar verse. And then we'll look at some things and go to a couple other verses. We're going to go over to the book of Mark, in just a few minutes. But I want to hone in on one verse in chapter 11, verse 6. It says, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. 
Notice what it says. It says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. You see her whining, moaning, complaining, you know, crawling on the floor before God. That doesn't please or get God's attention. What gets God's attention, what's pleasing to God is faith. Just faith, which is simple trust and belief in him and his word. That's what gets God's attention. And that's what God is pleased with. So this idea, you know, I don't want to knock over any sacred cows this morning, but here they go. Let's give them one good old push. Hallelujah. Because, you know, we have this idea that we've got to come and grab the horns of the altar and keep, keep pulling on the horns till the horns start mooing or something. But, you know, and I, I say that respectfully because, I, you know, I understand there's a time to do that. And I, but when you're praying to God for your needs, for your wants, your desires, you don't have to beg and plead and crawl on the floor and go through all these gyrations to somehow get God's attention because that's not what gets, God, that's not what gets God's attention. What gets God's attention is faith. He said, without faith, it is impossible to please him. So it would seem to me that faith is a really, really super important subject. Because if I want a life that's pleasing to God, then I want to know what is it that, that God desires or requires from me. And simply, we see it right here in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. It's faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Then it goes on to say that anyone who comes to him must know that he exists, know that he is alive, know that he is real, and that he is, listen, a rewarder. Come on, he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So very few things that we learn is that, number one, without the faith, it, it doesn't please God. Number two, we understand that when we come to God in faith, we know that he will reward our faith. Just like I said, everything I am, everything I have, everywhere I am in life has all been the result of walking a life of faith. Yes. Believing God, not only saying that I believe God, but putting action with my faith, backing up my faith with the actions and the activities of my life. And this is where a lot of Christians really lose it. We say we believe in God. We say we believe the word. We know the word. People can quote the word. But you're not doing the word. It's in the action. It's in doing the word that the results come. We saw that last week, right? Because James taught us in his letter, he said that faith without works or action is dead. It's unproductive. It doesn't yield anything. So we see here now again in Hebrews where it says without faith, it's impossible. He didn't even, he, I mean, that word impossible is a pretty strong word, wouldn't you agree? It's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must know that he exists and that he is the rewarder. How many of you know that God is the rewarder? He is a rewarder. You trust them in faith. You, you work your faith. You come to God in faith. And God will reward your faith every single time. So, without faith, it's going to be impossible to please God. But with faith, we understand that the impossible is possible for us. He will reward those who diligently, I like that word diligent, who diligently. You see, you can't be a part-time, I love to say that, you can't be a part-time believer and expect to be a full-time receiver. Amen. Just doesn't work. God is looking for diligence in seeking him, seeking his word, and seeking his ways, and living your life after God and for God. So he says that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek. You diligently seek God, and God will reward your life in all kinds. You diligently seek him in faith and trust him in faith. He will reward your life in so many awesome 
and outstanding ways. Can I get a better amen than that? So if we were going to give today's message um, a, a title, we'll call it this, Faith's Results. Faith's Results. Because we ought to have results in our, in our, uh, as a, you know, in our life as a result of using our faith. Your life should show and should bear the um, evidence that you are a faith person. And anyone who trusts God in faith and puts their faith into operation and to work is going to have the evidence. You're going to see it. So let's call this faith's results or the result of faith in our lives. So I want to, with that, the very first thing I want to do is I want to go to a verse in Mark's gospel. We're going to stay in Mark's gospel today. But let's go to chapter 6 first. Then we're going to back up to, to chapter 5. But let's go to uh, chapter 6 and want to just show you a portion of scripture here. Now listen, I'm going to read this through and then we'll come back and make some comments. Chapter 6, verse 1. Is everybody there? Sam there? Yeah. All right. Then when he went out from there and came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue and many hearing him were astonished saying, where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed in his hands? Verse 3. Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James, Joas, Judas, and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? Now listen, so they were offended at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own country and among his own relatives in his own house. Verse 5. Now he could not do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Then he went about the villages in a circuit teaching. So Jesus comes upon this community and he's teaching the word of God and it's his own hometown. And his mother and his brothers and his sisters are there and he's teaching. And I'm sure there were a lot of other relatives there. And he's speaking and doing astonishing things. But they look to him and they say they got offended. And they said, you know, who, who is this, the carpenter's son? This is, little, this is that little Jesus who hung around Joseph. Who does he think he is what, talking like this and acting like this? He said, you know, um, he could not command any respect from them. I understand what, you know, he said, you know, prophets without honor only in his own hometown. I know what that's like because with my family it's the same kind of thing. You know, the, the pastor's without honor only in his own hometown when we're sitting around his own dining room table or their dining room table. The pastor's without honor uh, because they, they kind of take me for granted, you know. But, but, uh, but you know, but you see, they, 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 couldn't, they, couldn't, they couldn't respect the anointing that was in Jesus' life. So they became offended. One of the things that, sure, a way to stop the movement of the Holy Spirit, to stop, you know, your, your, your faith and to, to really mess up your life, is to get a heart that's offended. It says that Jesus could do no mighty thing there, except do a few small little things, heal a few people, but that was all. He, they stopped the mighty flow of God's work and God's anointing and God's presence. Why? Because they had unbelief in their heart. They couldn't accept Jesus for who he was. They could not receive him Amen. for who he was. They became offended, and as a result, they stopped the flow. Because, and it says, Jesus says, he marveled because of their unbelief. He marveled because of their... So we see that unbelief actually stopped the hand of God, stopped the movement of the Spirit, stopped the flow from heaven to mankind, all because of unbelief. Yes. And Jesus marveled at it. Jesus said, I, 
I can't believe. And you know, the next thing it says here, it says that the next thing he did is that he went in a circuit teaching from town to town. Why did he go teaching from town to town? Well, because I guess he was so, you know, overwhelmed by the fact that people had such a lack of faith that the only thing he could do is go and start teaching the word and with hopes that he's going to encourage people and build people's faith back up. Because we understand the only way that faith comes is by hearing the word of God. You know, I know a lot of you like to come. You want somebody else to do it. You love prayer lines. People want to come on the prayer line all the time and want to get somebody else. And prayer lines are fine. I don't have anything against prayer lines. But really the bottom line is that you need to learn the word of God so that you can stand on your own faith and get your own faith working for your needs. So Jesus had to go around teaching them and saying, you know, hoping that he's going to get faith built up in their hearts again so that, you know, uh, they would receive uh, and stand in faith and see the benefit and the blessings of faith. It's amazing what our faith can do for us. Amen. If we will stop unbelief, doubt, Amen. and stop, you know, this from flowing into our life or getting into our heart. It's amazing what faith can do and what faith will do. I'm amazed at what God has done in my life and through my life just by trusting him and standing on the word of God. Like I said, everything I am, everything I have, you know, I know my limitations. I know, you know, my, uh, my abilities and my lack thereof of abilities. And there are many, both ways. But yet God, you know, through faith, through trusting him and standing upon his word and, and being persistent and consistent in faith and not just, not just saying it, see, because you can't just be a, a flapper, a yapper. You have to be a doer. Too many people got the talk, but they ain't got the walk. And you got to get the walk and the talk together because you put the walk with the talk and you're going to have awesome results in your life. You see? So I, as a pastor, that's what I spend a lot of my time doing, just trying to get people motivated enough to act on the word and to do the word and to overthrow unbelief and doubt in your heart. Because through faith, you can get your body healed. You can get your needs met. You can get that house you want, the car you want, the business you want, whatever breakthrough you need, want, and desire. It can all be acquired by and through faith because faith, we see, he said he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him in faith. And Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. He was like, man, I'm here and wanting to do awesome things, but I can't get them to overcome their unbelief. Amen. If I could only get somebody to overcome their unbelief, yes. we could do something major. We could see something awesome take place. And that's one of the big problems we have in the body of Christ is that we love God. We say we serve God. But where is our faith and the proof? Let me go back to this. Well, I have faith. Well, let me go back to this. If you say you have faith, I want to see your actions. Because your actions speak louder than your words. Your actions prove where your level of faith is. Ooh. Didn't get too many amens on that one. That's all right. I'm just going to keep preaching. Just look straight ahead. Nobody knows I'm talking about you. Well, it's the truth. I see so many people beat up and in lack and insufficiency and having a hard time in life. And really what it comes down to is just that we ha either, either we've got the word and we're not working it or we just don't have the word. Because if you have the word and start working the word in your life, you start using your faith, you start standing on the word of God, doing what God says and believing God to meet your needs and believing God to touch your body and believe God to help you and to open up doors or get that new job or, or bring those desires that you have into your heart into, into your life. You start to believe God in faith 
in simple childlike faith, trusting him and doing what he's required from the word to do, I'm going to tell you what, nothing's going to stop the flow of blessing into your life. I'm proof of it. Here I am, living color. Look, look, me. Woo! Here I am. I'm living. It's the proof of it right here. God will bless your life. See, I, I've got a suit with a contrasting color there, here. Look at that. You see? What do you think? I mean, God will bless your life. You know, I used, to, I used to have to go to the store and buy suits, but now I get them made. Now I go to the tailor and he measures me up and I pick out the fabric and I have the, I have the, oh, that's all right, Earl. I, I got it. Okay, thank you. God will bless your life. And I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm trying to get your attention. Because as a pastor, I've seen over the years so many people who say they believe God, but the action's not there. The action just isn't there. And their faith lies dormant, it lies dead, and it will not produce in their life until they put action to that faith. Faith ought to, when you're standing in faith, it will bring results in your life. You will see the results of your faith when you are truly standing in faith, trusting God. And the proof is going to be in your action and activity, whatever you're doing in life. Are you, are you just knowing this word or are you living this word? Are you just quoting this word or are you doing this word? Because it's in the doing that the blessing comes, not just in the knowing. So he says... He says he, he, went, he went in this hometown and these people were offended. They could not receive anything he was saying. They shut him down. I know how that feels because I have people do that to me every Sunday. I know how it is in the family. Like I said before, prophets without honor. So at times, listen, and I got, I got to remind them sometimes. I, listen, I, I'm Brother Ray. I'm Uncle Ray. But sometimes you guys got to know that I am Pastor Ray. And right now, I'm neither Brother Ray or Uncle Ray. I am Pastor Ray, and I'm going to pass for you. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not easy. It's not easy. But it's the truth. See, they couldn't receive from the man of God. They shut him down. They got offended. People get offended. But I'm going to say it again. One of the sure ways to mess up your faith walk, to shut down progress in your life, is get offended in your heart. Get offended about something. Don't deal with it. Let it fester, and it will shut down the blessing and the flow of God and his, and his stuff into your life. It will happen. So you've got to deal with that offense. So they became offended. They couldn't receive him. And as a result, he said, look at this unbelief. He said he could not do any mighty thing because of a lack of faith. And, and he, was, he went around teaching from that point. Teaching. Because that's the way you're going to get your faith built. Not by coming up for prayer. Now, I have nothing against prayer time. But some of you keep coming up week after week praying for the same thing. You know what that teaches me? You know what it tells me? You keep coming up week after week praying for the same thing, same thing, same thing. Same. You know what that tells me? You haven't yet gone from knowing the word to having faith in the word. Because when you have faith in the word, you don't have to talk about it. You don't have to pray about it anymore. All you do is stand until it becomes manifested in your life. Now, there goes another sacred cow. Let's just knock it right up. No, because people have this idea. I got to come and pray and pray and ask. How many times are you going to pray before you turn this into faith and turn it into trusting and standing on the promise of God in faith until this thing becomes a reality in your life? How long is it going to take? How many prayers do we have to pray? How many times do we have to ask God? 
how many times we have to come and get somebody to agree with us. Faith in its simplest form, God, God said in his word, we, we see in, in, in Matthew's gospel, he said, if two of you agree, asking the Father, it'll be done for you. If two of you just get together and get into agreement, you ask the Father, you're in agreement, it will be done for you. Two people. So how many times do we have to come asking God? That's a sign of unbelief. That's a sign that you haven't yet turned uh, your, your understanding of the word or your knowledge of the word to faith. That you're still not sure if God's going to do this. Because if, if, if you know that you know that God, God's word is true and whatever he's promised is for you, you don't have to keep asking. You just ask one time. Amen. If, you, if you can trust my word, how many times do you have to ask me to do something? Well, now you should talk to my mother if she were alive. You know, she, she, but, but you understand what I'm saying. If you know that I'm a man of my word, and I say, we're going to go out for dinner, John, on Tuesday night. I'll pick you up at 11, uh, you know, 7 o'clock. We're going to go for dinner. How many times are you going to call me 50 times? Say, you can come to pick me up at 7 o'clock. You, come to pick me up. you sure you come to pick me up at 7 o'clock? 7 o'clock, you said, right? You're sure. You're sure. You come at 7 o'clock. I would, I would end up saying, John, what's, you, know, what's, you don't trust me. My word should be my word. If I told you I'll be there at 7, you just hang your hat on that. I'll be there at 7. When God says that by his stripes you're healed, you better hang your hat on it that by your stripes you're healed. When he says that he will provide all of your needs according to his riches and glory, you better hang your hat on that and say, thank you, Lord. But now you've got to do your part. Because without action, the word lies dormant, dead. And you can stand there and, and claim all the promises you want. But if you're not backing it up with act, action and activity, having faith, doing the word of God, living this word, your, your faith is dead. And it's ineffective, not going to do anything. All right. So let's look at a couple of examples from the Word of God. Let's go, let's go back a page and let's go to Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. And this is a very familiar uh, verse of Scripture. Um, but let's just take a moment and we'll read it through. We're going to read a lot of verses here. We're going to read from verse 21 to verse um, 42 or 43. And then we'll come back and we'll make some comments. But let's read through. Verse 21. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side... A great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet, and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for twelve years, and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no, uh, no better, but rather grew worse. When she had heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I only may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. Before we go, here's a final word from Pastor Ray. Hello, this is Pastor Ray. I wanted to take a moment from today's broadcast to tell you about a brand new book I've written that's just become available for purchase entitled Discouragement, Doubt, and Compromise. I wrote this book because of after more than 37 years of pastoring, I see too many Christians, both newly saved and those mature in their walk with God, fall victim to a device of the enemy that he has been using against God's people ever since the beginning of time. It's simply a threefold plan of discouragement, doubt, and compromise. I know this material will be a tremendous blessing to you in encouraging and stimulating your faith and helping you to truly be more than a conqueror. Why not go to my website right now and order your copy, PastorRayNY.com. Why not order a copy for a friend as well? That's PastorRayNY.com. 